Welcome to the next episode of Grid Forward Chats, a podcast series with industry leaders on what lies ahead for our electric grid. I'm Bryce Yonker, Executive Director of Grid Forward and host of our podcast series. I'm here in Portland, Oregon, and today we're talking to Jackie Flowers, Director at Tacoma Public Utilities. Jackie, thanks for being on with us. Can you tell us a bit about Tacoma Public Utilities and your role there, Jackie? Yes, of course. Thanks, Bryce. Um, My name is Jackie Flowers. I'm Director CEO of Tacoma Public Utilities. I've been, um, I'm I'm approaching my second year in that role, so just fairly new still to the Tacoma area. Um, Tacoma Public Utilities is a department of the city of Tacoma. We actually have three operating divisions that make up Tacoma Public Utilities. We have Tacoma Power, which is obviously our our power division, Tacoma Water, providing water service, and Tacoma Rail, which is a a belt line that operates predominantly in the Port of Tacoma Tide Flats area and is a freight freight service for industrial customers there. Those three operating divisions have varying service territories. Uh, So both Tacoma Water and Tacoma Power have, obviously they serve the city of Tacoma, but they also serve outside the city of Tacoma. And, you know, the makeup of customers is about half, about 50-50, a little bit more inside city of Tacoma, and then the remainder outside the city of Tacoma. Thanks, Jackie, for walking through the various component parts of the organization there so eloquently. I know that Municipal utilities come in various shapes and sizes. And as we continue the conversation, we'll mostly focus around your electric grid components. Sounds great. So today is Friday, May 1st, and the stay-at-home order remains in place here in Portland, where I am, and there uh, up south of Seattle, where, where you are in Tacoma, Jackie. Before we dive in much further for our conversation today, how are you? Uh, thank you for the question. It it really has been an interesting couple of months here, um, and hard to imagine that it's that it's been a couple of months. In some cases, it feels like we've been doing this for a year, and in other cases, um, it feels like you know we've just barely gotten into our shelter in place. Interestingly enough, our governor, um, you know, is probably going to be extending our period of shelter in place, and so. Uh, that's going to give us a little more time to think about recovery and business reconstitution. Um, But it has been, you know, very challenging. I think for everybody, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, as people have tried to balance um, having kids at home to do homeschooling. I'm not in that camp. My kids are adult children now. So, and I'm, I'm, I consider myself fortunate. I don't know how I would balance, um, you know, homeschooling kids on top of, what we're doing here, you know, in terms of telework and and trying to also be uh, very active in emergency response. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on our employees. There's a lot of uncertainty and pressure on our customers, whether they're residential or commercial and industri- industrial, as we look forward in an uncertain economic um, period. And so I just... You know, I often am reminding my staff of how important it is for for self-care and to recognize that, you you know, you're not going to perform probably at the same level today in these circumstances than you would have in the um, in the office. And, you know, grant yourself a lot of grace. And I'm, I'm actively working on, you know, living out my own words in that respect as well. But but it has definitely been a very interesting and challenging time. Indeed. Yep. There's more time ahead for. At home for those of us, uh, especially who are fortunate enough to have our jobs and, and allow that remote working opportunity. 
Right, right. But thanks for walking through how that's going there at Tacoma. Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about what led you to Tacoma Public Utilities and your work in the industry that preceded this? Yeah, well, it's definitely been an interesting um, career, if you will. Yeah, I've got 27 years experience and 20 of those have been managing public utilities. I actually um, got my degree in civil engineering and I started out in the utility space in water. So I always say that water was my first love, which is a a nice um, background to have now with the Tacoma water element of Tacoma Public Utilities. Um, and in I, I had advanced into um, Idaho Falls and as general manager of Idaho Falls Power in 2006. So I was there for, um, you know, 13 years and uh, ran that utility. Um, in that case, it was obviously a much smaller utility and focused on power. We did have a a fiber optic um, element, but we also had the Idaho National Lab in our backyard. And so it provided a lot of opportunity to work with them, um, both in uh, cybersecurity um, areas, as well as um, grid modernization. And we were part of the Pacific Northwest um, Smart Grid Demonstration Project. I think that's actually where we crossed paths. And we were the only Idaho utility that participated in that multi-state utility. And of course, it as our efforts there allowed us to work with the Pacific Northwest National Lab as well, the Idaho National Lab, and really, you know, cut our teeth on um, both what we now know as um, common industry standard technology, um, as well as experiment and try some new um, technology in the demonstration project. And it was really a great learning opportunity. And for me, personally opened my eyes to thoughts of, you know, the future of grid modernization and integrating technology, not only to be more efficient as a utility, but importantly, to provide customers with more choice and convenience as we move forward into um, a space there where technology is driving and changing customer expectations so rapidly. Um, And when I think back to that, you know, 13 years, we've seen a lot of a lot of movement in in that regard. And of course, you know, in Idaho Falls, we completed the advanced meter infrastructure deployment. And in Tacoma, we're just on the early stages of preparing to start deploying meters. We've been doing the back end integration work. Um, So it's really interesting to have the perspective of, you know, both of those um, positions and viewpoints related to you know, what's available in the post AMI and how I really wish that I had those tools and capabilities today as we, you know, see our customers struggling um, with bills and understanding how much energy they're using while they're in their shelter in place. We'll get into your AMI deployment here soon, but I wanted to congratulate Idaho Falls and the leadership that remains there uh, who really have been quite innovative on a number of fronts on the work that they're doing. And, and I also wanted to congratulate you, uh, since we didn't cover it in our in our opener, uh, in being the first female director there at Tacoma. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, first female director. The, the utility um, celebrated its 125th anniversary. Um, I think it was last year. So, you know, it's uh, it, we were due. And and I will say that you know, for me, the opportunity to come to Tacoma. Uh, Obviously, it's an organization that has a lot of respect in the industry. Um, uh, Tacoma Power is well known for for the work that they do and how thorough they are. Likewise, Tacoma Water in their industrial space. And then um, Tacoma Rail is just an anomaly. We don't have very many utilities that have their own municipal rail lines. So fascinating for me and um, in particular, probably the team here is 
you know, the issues are the same. It's just a, a function of scale. And, you know, we do have a few more categories that we're registered in, in terms of um, federal reliability standards, because we're a bigger utility. But, you know, at the small utility, we were dealing with cybersecurity. We were dealing with market challenges. We had the same contract uh, with Bonneville Power Administration in Idaho Falls that we have in Tacoma. And so there are a lot of similarities. Um, it was an opportunity to really um, come to a larger utility, challenge myself from that perspective, work with a, an amazing team, and um, you know, importantly, you know, have the diversity, you know, as it relates to power, water, and rail, and help a community um, in, in terms of connecting our utilities and reflecting the values of our community and in, in the utilities that that we provide. So, there at Tacoma Public Utilities, you have about one hundred and fifty thousand residential customers and about 20,000 uh, corporate industrial customers. Is that right? Yes, that's that's about correct. And, and pe- the power side is definitely larger than the water side. We're about 100,000 there. But um, so, yeah. Jackie, I know there are a number of projects and issues in flight that relate to modernizing infrastructure. What, what do you guys have in motion and, and how are the current dynamics impacting that? It's a great question, Bryce, and it's really um, probably such a strong contrast of how things have changed so rapidly. We were, um, of course, full swing in our modernization journey with um, a number of key enabling initiatives in flight. Obviously, um, the advanced metering efforts that I mentioned earlier, where we've almost completed the back end integration and are going to start rolling meters soon, a digital customer experience that we've been um, mapping out, and then, you know, digital workforce, and then to some degree, a large focus on our data analytics and, you know, what we hope to accomplish from from all the data we're going to bring in and start using that to make our decisions. Uh, We've seen some of these areas where it's the pandemic has actually accelerated our modernization efforts, specifically around digital workforce and telework. And, you know, we went rapidly into telework, as many did, um, as we quickly were responding. And um, really, as we continue to work, our new normal will, going forward, carry some of these capabilities and lessons learned from this event, um, including how we stabilize, how we work, how we connect, how we innovate, but importantly, that we can innovate and that we can be adaptable and, and how do we capture that culture and that synergy in other areas. Um, I will say that one of the challenges that we're just now wrestling is as we come, you know, towards the end and start thinking about recovery, or well, hopefully the end, it's hopefully the end, recovery and business reconstitution. And we look forward um, particularly to AMI, the optics of continuing a large modernization program in light of pending recessionary trends and budget issues are um, challenging. And, you know, it's definitely from our policymakers. Some of our policymakers have concerns. Others understand that on the back end of advanced meters, we're going to have our customers better positioned to be able to manage more proactively their consumption and then our workforce better able to, um, you know, be more responsive and more efficient. And so, you know, from my perspective, having been on the other side of that, I think it is imperative that we continue to work on our journey, um, particularly for our customers that uh, need that flexibility, um, both in terms of how they pay, so offering a prepay, and also um, helps keep our employees less less exposed. You know, in the field, it was last summer we actually had a few um, kind of violent interactions with customers. We had a couple people pull guns on our employees that were in the field, and so you know, getting out of the field and reading meters is another example of a physical. Um, enhancement, but there's also so many other efficiencies and opportunities for us to um, enhance what we do and how we serve our customers. Economic impacts unfolding 
from this crisis are really touching all corners of this industry. Could you maybe brainstorm a bit with me on the possible future funding that we may see from the federal government with regards to support of grid infrastructure projects? I know organizations like yours have been excellent stewards of capital expenditures for really about a century, more than a century. How can this sector help the economy recover? I think this really could be a silver lining um, for both us in the industry, our customers, and importantly, our country. You know, we saw that a little bit with some of the early RF funding and the grid modernization initiatives. There was a, um, a fair amount of demonstration work that had been done in, in you know, the um, demonstration project element. And then there was also some investment uh, grant for actual um you know, improvement of facilities and infrastructure that was readily available. You think about the amount of time that's passed since those early projects, there's been tremendous maturity and um, growth in the technology and its capabilities, tremendous cost reduction in a number of areas. And we still have a, a significant need for investment in the infrastructure and in the grid in this country. So why not take an opportunity to invest in that infrastructure and get America back to work again and enhance our grid for resilience for the future? It's so important and it's so directly connected to our economy. And for us to position ourselves to really be the economic engine that drives our economy, we need that resilient grid that's going to be available and reliable and flexible. And all of those things can be an outcome of grid modernization. I couldn't agree more. Uh, we really need infrastructure improvements and investments. And, and this industry really has quite a robust toolkit to draw from that the last decade of technical progress has, has played out. Tacoma is really right in the heart of the community with the utility as a part of the municipal structure. But how has this health crisis maybe had you interacting with other agencies and other community organizations that are a critical component to the whole response, maybe especially ones that you hadn't been interacting with before? Absolutely. You know, we have leaned into our role in our community in terms of being a critical partner, um, you know, both to the economic engine of, of Tacoma and the surrounding area, but importantly to our residential customers as well. Uh, right initially after the um, state of emergency was first declared, we were able to, and I think may have been one of the first, if not the first utility in the country to offer an assistance program for low income. And the reason we were able to move so quickly is we had a construct in place that we were just pivoted ever so slightly and opened up a larger pool to help folks um, have access to some funding to assist with, you know, economic challenges, particularly those that were laid off or um, had significant economic impacts associated with COVID. So from the residential perspective, we leaned in and we leaned in hard. Likewise, on the commercial and um, industrial side, we have a strong partnership with our Chamber of Commerce, our economic development arms, and another of a number of other entities in the area. And so we've been working with them to develop a a rapid response team that's helping to put small business in touch with resources and answer questions. We've been leaning into um, thinking about customer recovery and how we help customers not only survive this period of time, but thrive post and what kinds of expertise and tools we can bring to bear related to that process. And we'll continue to work with, of course, as you mentioned, officials, um, elected officials from federal to state, 
et cetera, to think about and articulate the needs for investment in infrastructure and continued support of programs for income assistance in this critical time. <laughs> Jackie, I'm not a customer of Tacoma, but I have to thank you for the work that you've done and the utility has done to keep the system reliably going. Um, I know that uh, many utilities across the country have found great success in, in keeping their reliability going. And uh, we really appreciate the hard work and dedication that the team members there have done to make that possible. Also, um, just thank you for taking the lead on, you know, understanding where your customers are at right now. And it's just so critical in this time and that uh, flexibility that you guys are offering to them is so vital. Seattle area, uh, as, as we all know, was one of the early and, and hardest hit communities in this health crisis. How has this impacted the operations and other aspects of the utility? It's, it's a great question. And it, you know, I think back to um, when I first started almost two years ago now, uh, within my first three days, one of my board members had asked the question of, you know, in terms of resilience, are we ready? Are we ready to respond to a big event? And of course, we've got Mount Rainier, you know, in our skyline. Um, and I think he was thinking more in the context of a big earthquake. Fast forward to today, and we're dealing with a global pandemic. Um, fortunately, in that period of time, we hired an emergency management coordinator for TPU. Um, and then, of course, we've got expertise within the operating divisions. And since she hit the hit the um, halls of Tacoma Public Utilities, she's been working on coordinating um, continuity of operations across TPU and through the through the different scenarios, um, that was very early in the conversations, and we were working to enhance the multi-operational um, emergency response period. And now we have a pandemic to actually build our coop around and our, our reconstitution planning. And so, um, when I think about you know on I think it was like February 29th, and it, you know they obviously had a number of cases in in Kirkland at that point, and. I had reached out to her and said, you know, I think we need to start um, some communication with employees about this and, and, you know, start planning for what if, what if this, you know, continues to spread in our area and who would have ever thought that we'd get to where we are today. So that has been interesting. Um, we've, we've certainly seen that with many of our customers like that, they woke up one day and we're no longer commuting North. And so the I-5 gridlock um, kind of disappeared as folks stayed home and really our our load um, research shows that customers are using power but it's similar to what we're seeing for holidays and um, interesting so we we've got the new saying now every day is Christmas here and it doesn't necessarily mean a good thing it's just that that's what our load profile is looking like so when we think about what what this means in terms of the economic impacts and trying to uh, forecast in a really an unprecedented um, you know, economic downturn like what we're seeing, uh, we're we're bracing ourselves. We're doing a lot of backcasting to previous downturns, trying to understand how to project that and extract lessons learned. Uh, we know that we're going to have areas that are hard hit. Just in Pierce County, twenty three percent of the workforce has applied applied for um, unemployment benefits. So, you know, the impact that's being felt in Seattle in terms of the economy and um, follow on related to COVID-19 is felt just as much here in Tacoma and maybe a little bit more. Um, so what this means is that we're just going to continue to need to work with our customers um, and find ways to change our operations and mitigate those economic impacts. 
and we'll continue to try to find other areas to, uh, you know, enhance how we are serving our community and being responsive to them, whether it's residential, commercial, industrial, um, as we watch this thing unfold for the months to come. Yeah, I can presume that your residential customers are home more, using more energy. But for your corporate and industrial customers, how have they, have you been noticing any impacts to them or are there some insights among the customer types or or are there vantage points from your CNI customers that you're seeing on your system? Yeah, we, we definitely have noticed on the CNI side and, and that's really the, the piece that um, you know lends itself to the comment of every day's Christmas because it really does look like a holiday when people are home and the businesses are not working. So we're we're on the lower end of our load curve. Um, and it's the the uh, daily peaks are much more mild, um, not not nearly as pronounced. Um, and, you know, we're working very diligently to have our account executives stay in constant contact with our key accounts, try to anticipate what they're seeing and, you know, understand if there are areas um, that we can be helpful or programs that we have that can assist. Um, and then also, you know, we began early, as I mentioned, working with our um, customers to provide income assistance for residential and that direct relief program for our most vulnerable population attracted more than 9,000 applications for assistance in the first month. Um, So we, we continue that effort today and, you know, will until that funding source is exhausted. And then we'll, we'll be working with all residential CNI in this recovery and transition period to try to um, work with them on strategies and ways to, you know, get back current with their bills and support them as they as they do recovery. So really what we've seen from our end is this event has progressed kind of through four themes. We've got customer stability, workforce adjustments, financial impacts, and now we're looking at, which we're still kind of assessing and understanding, and now we're looking forward to recovery and where Tacoma Public Utilities can play a strong role, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial. It's important for us to realize that events like this are opportunities for us to tighten our connections with our customers and further impress upon them our commitment to helping them meet their needs, our commitment to our community, and how we do represent the values that our community holds dear. Yeah, and related to resiliency, which really in the last few years has morphed. You know, a couple, two years back, it was kind of code word here west of the Cascades for Cascadia subduction earthquake. And over the last 18 months, I know here in the West, wildfires have really uh, called many people's attention. Uh, cyber throughout ha- has been, you know, a major thrust. Now we have a new global pandemic to add into the lexicon. <laughs> what does resiliency mean now? And, and what lessons do you think may come out from this, allowing, you know, the utility there and the industry to be better equipped uh, for what for what this word now means? Yeah, I don't think any of us had in our goal to uh, lead through a global pandemic, nor did we know that, you know, ever anticipate that we would be going through this. But but I have to say, uh, I have been really extremely proud of the industry and how our industry has stepped up. Uh, we have demonstrated that we have been working and talking about resiliency for a long time through our actions and through, you know, what's produced as reliable power. I mean, people moved home and started working from their homes and telecommuting and work you know, our power is powering those computers. Our power, our power has been reliable through this transition. And, and with that comes the dedication of the staff. 
And it doesn't matter if you're an investor-owned utility, a cooperative, or a municipal utility. Every person that works in this industry understands the critical nature that they play in this uh, service that runs our economy, that is critical to quality of life. And they take that um, that uh, task seriously. And they have stepped up in a big way and demonstrated that they have what it takes to meet these challenges. And I think that, you know, that for, for utilities to have recognized that keeping our critical staff, whether it's power or water, safe and healthy, and the measures that were taken quickly early on um, that led to and enabled us to keep utilities running was a testament to the the exercises that we've been doing to get to this point. Also, you know, we've had a lot of work and focus around cyber hygiene and educating our employees to remain vigilant, you know, about cyber hygiene as they've been transitioning into a telework status um, has also been important. And we've continued to to pay attention to that and continue those conversations, even though they're working remotely. And then one of one other probably most um, obvious example has been that, you know, the resiliency of the workforce. And, you know, I, I touched on it briefly, but it really has been unprecedented challenges and unprecedented impacts that we've seen um, employees step up and really, really own it. So I think from an operational excellence standpoint, we've demonstrated our commitment. And now if we can just continue to enhance that with investment in the actual grid, um, I think that we're going to be ready for the next iteration and certainly the next disaster. Yeah, not many people were thinking about global pandemics that lasted for months on end. But congratulations on the work there and and putting in practice all the preparedness efforts and exercises that you had been gearing up for. Uh, City and municipal finances, you know, like those of government agencies at many levels, really as well as corporations and individuals are, are stressed now. Are there ways you can already see this impacting and unfolding there in the in the budget and finances with Tacoma? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, there's a direct correlation between the economic activity and the impacts to the general fund. And, you know, having been in public publicly owned utilities and frankly, municipal utilities for 20 years. Um, there have been times in my professional career where I have, have uh, managed general funded assets of communities in addition to my public utilities. That's not the case here, um, but but it's a real and immediate consequence. And so there are elements that get confusing, you know, not only for employees, whether they're with general government or the utility, sometimes even customers. Um, it's a nuance that's maybe not understood that our, that our funding does not come from general fund taxes. It comes for fees for services. And so it's more directly tied to consumption, which is a little less um, predictable when you're in a situation like this that's unprecedented. And so you're you're doing what you can to understand how quickly the economy has retracted and what that might transcend and relate to in terms of um, consumptive use. We're concerned about our CNI customers and how they're going to be able to ride the wave. And there is a direct impact associated with that. Um, and it, you know, further is exaggerates any risks to the residential areas that are already struggling, particularly if you have um, some income constrained areas. So, so I think um, while while you know it's it is a different source of funding. At the end of the day, it's you know the health of the community certainly impacts the utility and vice versa. Turning gears a bit, can we talk about innovation? Often innovation 
can be birthed from times of crisis like this. What do you think may need to be rethought, readjusted, realigned? It doesn't need to be something that's necessarily a technological breakthrough, but where do you see innovation playing in in a time like now? Yeah, it's it's an area that I've actually reflected on a fair amount um, because going into the pandemic, we were already trying to assess the health of our organization and understand, you know, do we have a culture that spawns innovation and encourages innovation? And what kind of gaps do we need to um, address so that we can be prepared to continue to go through this evolutionary process that we're seeing in the grid and in the industry. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to have had that foundation set, you know, with some of the team as we've um, started to look at it. And when I look at truly how quickly we have moved, I don't know how you could say that we're not adaptable and that we're not resilient. And in particular, the adaptability and the, and which connects to an innovation element, I think is important. Um, I don't even know that we would have believed it. You know, we moved more than 60% of our workforce to a work from home status within a week. And this is an organization that prior to this had discouraged work from home. It just wasn't in the culture at TPU. Obviously going forward, it will be part of our culture because we've shown that it can work. But but to move that fast um, is a little mind blowing. So the crisis has actually served um, as a catalyst to surfacing innovative ideas and solutions and new capabilities that maybe we didn't even know we had. Um, and particularly given the scale of this event, agile methods, minimal viable products, um, things like that that we're trying to pursue perfection at previously, where we could not have progress because we wanted it to be the perfect outcome, have led us to enable capabilities that would have historically taken much longer to realize. And now we're seeing this, um, this put into question. And what does this mean going forward? Really, our employees, I think, today and through this crisis have been practicing some sort of frugal innovation, if you will, where they have an agile art, where they're ingeniously simplifying or repurposing products, how they're doing businesses, assets to serve higher purposes with other industries. And they're doing that as they navigate this crisis, both in part because they're in a position at home where they don't have access to all the resources they normally would, but also because, you know, they're just thinking more creatively. And our our work product now where we've um, really put people in a situation where they're working somewhat independently, but also connected to a team, we're empowering our employees more. And I think that you're going to see some real opportunity to continue to enhance an innovation culture um, after we navigate this crisis, and especially as we think about customer-focused solutions going forward. So I think it's been um, an area of growth for us and an area that I'm going to be excited to reflect on with the team and, and try to extract some of the lessons learned that have really been significant to where we are today. Jackie, you all have worked with organizations in the industry over the years that are quite numerous. Who have you noticed stepping up and and really helping Tacoma and the electricity industry in general uh, in these unique times? It's a great question, Bryce. And I, and I think about um, not only how folks have, have stepped up and been um, so critical to us through this emergency response period, but I also think that they're key um, to moving forward in, in kind of the grid modernization space. Um, and so I'll start with our labor partners, you know, truly to have, uh, it's so important to have a strong working relationship with labor partners and not adversarial. And what we have found um, is as we've nurtured that relationship, what we've been able to achieve during this period is 
uh, quick adaptability and openness to new attempts and, and candid conversation that has allowed us to move as quickly as we have as we've responded to this emergency. We would not have been able to do that if we did not have great support with that group. And, and I think that that's um, can be drawn in parallel to what we would need going forward with some of the grid modernization work. You know, these are the folks that that care for our system and provide critical service. And, you know, they've got a frontline perspective on things. And, and it's an important perspective and important to our success as we um, sh- show that adaptability. And then likewise, I just would say our um, trade associations have been uh, very helpful in allowing us opportunities to share best practices and think about, you know, what's the challenge going forward and how do we, um, you know, think about and envision a recovery mechanism around infrastructure investment related to grid modernization. Uh, our industry trade associations have been a wealth of knowledge and, you know, frankly, I think have also lent themselves to uh, strengthening that resilience muscle that we've been exercising the last couple months. Absolutely. It, it takes a community to respond to something so systematically impactful as this. And it's really great to see the places that you guys have been drawing together and, and everybody's collaborating. As we wrap up today, I wanted to ask a, a, a final question really around twofold. You know, as you look out to the, what's going on out there in the industry and in the overall economy and society, you know, what's something that that really remains a concern for you, um, maybe keeps you up at night or, or has you a bit worried? And on the flip side of that, uh, on a more optimistic tone, you know, where are you looking and seeing a really interesting opportunity, something that might uh, have you excited and that you think could play out quite positively? So on each side of that coin, uh, what would your what would your thoughts be? Yeah, I think that the, probably the concerning piece is um, – you know, we started down this path with top of mind, safety of employees, safety of our customers. And, you know, that will continue to guide us going forward. And we still have some period of unknown in here, frankly, you know, not only from the virus itself, but also from the economic impact. And, you know, we know that um, this pandemic has hit customers and employees in a full spectrum of ways, ranging from direct COVID experience to, you know, sift- shifting into a survival mo- mode where, you know, we're trying to in, empower our customers through programs and services to, you know, be able to recover from this period. And so, you know, I think that that's an area still that remains concerning for me. There have been oftentimes that we've talked about upward pressures in our industry and, you know, not wanting to see this be a commodity for the rich, right? We've got to think about our customers that are struggling and in Tacoma, that's a pretty large percent of our service territory. So I think it's, it, we have to get this right. We have to find a way to, um, you know, be a service for all and importantly, be able to um, help our customers succeed and, and recover from this period. Um, that being said, I also, you know, would say to the optimism side, I think we are uniquely positioned um, to step up and lean into any opportunity for recovery um, and infrastructure investment. The industry has shown that it is a ready and willing partner. We are critical infrastructure. We should absolutely be investing in critical infrastructure going forward. And I think this, this can be a real win-win-win, you know, for for the country, for our customers, and for our industry. And I think I just I'm super optimistic and hopeful that those conversations will materialize in the coming months, and that we'll be able to really get serious about um, advancing some grid modernization strategies. 
Jackie, T- Tacoma is lucky to have you uh, at the helm there. The industry is lucky and, and pleased to have you uh, working in the thick of it. And, and at Grid Forward, we're, we're happy to collaborate uh, with you and with Tacoma Public Utilities on innovation and modernization ahead. Thank you for being on our, on our session today. Thank you, Bryce. I really appreciated the opportunity. It was great to connect with you and stay well. Thanks for listening to today's session of Grid Forward Chats our podcast series with industry leaders on what's driving grid modernization and innovation ahead. Do you have an idea for one of our podcasts? Send me an email, bryce at gridforward.org. You can also check out our website, gridforward.org, for more information about our podcasts, the virtual events we have, becoming a member, and more of our mission to promote grid innovation and accelerate modernization across the region. 